0: Lord, well, this week we have uh, Valentine's Day coming up uh, as the spring is approaching. At least the weather seems cooperating. Uh, We are located in the Chicago area, and if you are living in the Chicago area, you know well that the weather uh, seems a bit harsh for all of us in this time of year. Well, uh, but... As we are about to celebrate Valentine's Day, some people are excited. Maybe Uh, some people are not. But besides the point, the more I think about this, um, it is very interesting. I think to see that we set a day to celebrate love. Like we have to kind of make sure we need to remind ourselves to 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 love our loved ones. While we should always operate in love, especially as God's people in Christ Jesus, if you look at John chapter thirteen, Jesus actually said to us, "A new commandment I give you unto you, that you love you you are to love one another, as I loved you." Uh, a new commandment that I give you, that you love one another, just as I loved you. That's His command. And as we read today, in 1 John, he says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And as God's people, then, we, should, we must operate in love. As we deal with our family, as we deal with our lives, as we deal with other people, as we continue to live on, we are to operate in love. Amen? Now, today, we will delve into this topic of love. And I understand that this topic of love can be a bit abstract or broad, but I would like to bring out some significant crucial principles of love from the Bible so that we can actually learn uh, to to love one another as God has commanded us to do so. And I pray that God will speak to each one of us in such a way that, that we will be revived in our love for God as we celebrate not just the mere love between husband and wife and love between man and woman, love between families. No, we will revive our love for Christ and his people and his kingdom. Amen. Now, Jesus said, if you look at also another passage in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. What a statement. He is the way, the truth. The life. If you want the truth, you go to Christ. If you want the way, you go to Christ. If you want the life, you go to Christ. And in the light of this powerful statement, we shall learn about love. So I kind of divided the components of, of what points that I want to speak in this way. The truth of love, the way of love, and the life of love. And let's delve into it so that we can learn to love through and in and through Christ as God's people. Now, first of all, let's look into the truth of love. And only through the teaching of Jesus Christ, I think we shall actually know the truth about love. And what does Bible actually tell us about love? Some of the... uh Major comp- principles that I would like to talk about. When we talk about love, first thing we need to understand its nature. We are created to love from the very beginning. Love is something that is intrinsically played, planted, planted in our nature. Why? We are therefore we are relational beings that need to love and to be loved. It was God after the creation. When he talked about Adam, he said, it is not, it's not, for, it's not good for a man to be alone. And he created Eve, the male and female. And finally, he instituted a family, the very first family in love. So we know that we are relational beings, that we are to be loved and also we are to love. Why? Because that's how we were created. We were created in the image of God. And when we talk about the nature of God as we look into John, 1 John 4 8, it says, God by nature is love. In his holiness, God is a relational being who operates in love. That's who God is. There is no hate in God, there is only God love. Oh, of course, when we may say it's holy love, which we will be talking about hopefully next week. Uh, the love does not delight in evil, it delights in the truth. So we know that God, in by God's nature, He is love. There is a holy community of love in the perfect union of Trinity. That is why when we talk about God ontologically, God is three persons in, in one God. There are three distinct persons in this oneness of God, Father, Son, and Spirit. And the Father and Son and Spirit operate together in perfect love and harmony from the eternity to eternity. He was not created. He is a creator. From the very... He was there. And from within Him... There was a three persons, and they were in the perfect uh, in love and harmony. That's why God is the only infinite being. Ontologically, within himself, there is a unity of community in Trinity. It's perfect. That's why there's a perfect love union happening in God amongst these three persons. That's why we can surely say God is perfect being, infinite being. He is God. He does not need anyone to love or to be loved. Again, in him, there are three persons in perfect love and harmony. Yet, out of this perfect, infinite love, he expanded his love to the creature. He actually created human beings in his image. By the way, he didn't have to, it's not out of the necessity God created, no, it's actually out of love He created human, the world, the universe. Only in Christianity, by the way, love comes before life. Out of love, God created. If you look at other religions, religious systems, you will see law comes after life. No. In Christianity, out of love, God, in the beginning, created. All of us, we were created out of love. In fact, whole universe, this vast universe that we can even fathom with our mind, was created out of love for humanity, for us. Amazing. amazing. That's why we are the only creature who can love like him. That's why love and relationship components in your life are most defining thing. And we all know love is very important. Again, ontologically we are created out of uh, created to love, to be loved because God is love from the very beginning. Amen. Just know that first clearly. Secondly, second principle is love is based on freedom. Love cannot be established, love, loving relations, love relationship cannot be established without freedom. If love is the supreme law, then there has to be a freedom component given in that law. Meaning you can manufacture compliance and forcing something to comply, but you cannot force people to love. Even as a parent, we cannot force our kids to love us. Even as a spouse, can you force them to love us? No. You cannot just ask, force people to comply to love. Well, the fact that God gave us the freedom to choose, even with the possibility of being rejected, proves that God is love. In the beginning, when God created this world in humanity, God gave freedom, free will as a gift to the creature, humanity. That means when he was creating all of us out of love, there was a risk of creature being, creature rejecting God, the creator. Knowing all that, by the way, he's omniscient, so he knew he knows the beginning to the end. When Before even the creation was happening, he knew exactly how it's going to be. I know it's a very hard concept to grasp, but that's in the Bible, by the way. But anyway, God created. Then you might ask, why did God still create us, knowing that all the humanity will rebel against God? Knowing that one point of human history, that he had to come in as human and die for humans die for the people why die for people why did he do that well out of love we don't know exactly why, 100%, because we are not God. In fact, we will never get to know that even when we go to heaven face-to-face, because in heaven, when we see God face-to-face, all we do is to worship God with His greatness, and we will never be able to comprehend or apprehend God. Because the day that we actually comprehend completely about God, we are we become God, so it's never. So forever and ever and ever, we will never figure Him out 100% because their God is so infinite and so great. Yet that great and infinite, forever, eternal God came to be a man like us. Why? Knowing that he will be killed by humanity, knowing that we will still reject him. The possibility of being being rejected proves that God is love. He still created us out of his love. So know that God is love. And love has to be based on freedom. My par- my, if you are parents, listen very carefully. We cannot force our kids to become somebody. That's not love. Oh, yes, yeah, some obsessive parents, they want certain path. They determine and they try to determine a certain path for the kids. It ain't going to happen. And that's not love. You cannot force your spouse to love you back. That's why the Bible says, unfortunately, what we need to really think about is to loving your spouse. And pray. I mean, of course, that's why you need to marry someone who loves you. And you need to marry someone who understands this biblical concept of love. And as the person loves God, that person will most likely love the spouse, love others. Why Because our love is based on God's love. Again, this is another reason why you still need to you must as a Christian to love to, to marry a Christian because you'll be very hard. but the point is the love is based on freedom. we cannot force people to love us back. Know that that means we can ask the Lord and dearly and praying for our kids by helping our kids to understand God's love. Amen? Amen. I guess some people, oh, no, I want to push my people to love me. I'll make sure my kids will love me back. We'll see. Well, another thing about love is this. By definition, love is exclusive. Exclusive. Just like truth. By its definition, it is exclusive. There cannot be two things at truth at the same time. If A A is true, the B cannot B or C and D cannot be true. All A, B, C, D cannot be true, right? Logically speaking. Well, by truth, by its definition, truth is exclusive. Guess what? Love, by its definition, is exclusive. Meaning if you love somebody, you must say no to others. You cannot possibly love everything in the same level with the same priority. You will have to choose what you love the most. Do you love God or do you love other things? That's why Matthew chapter 6, verse 26, 24 says, Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. James 4, 4, You adulterous people, Don't you know that the friendship with the world means an enmity against God, hatred against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. My brothers and sisters, you cannot choose two things, the world and God at the same time. You have to choose one thing. One person. Just like marriage, we cannot choose two women or two, three, three men. We cannot. You have to choose one person, right, to be married. Something like that. Very exactly in our relationship with God, we must choose. Either you choose God or choose something else. Unfortunately, this concept of exclusivity is not welcome even in the church today. We think everything is, we need to tolerate everything. No, we don't. We are not to tolerate the truth or compromising the truth, compromising the love that we have with God. Amen? That's what it is. By definition, love is exclusive. So those things are something for us to understand when we talk about love, biblically speaking right? By nature, we are created to love God. The love is based on the freedom, and by definition, love is exclusive. Know that. Now, with the nature of love in mind, notice how sin enter into the world, right? From love comes freedom, and when you rejected God's option of love, what happened? Implicitly in the first creation, sin entered in. Basically, it means I'm going to do my way rather than God's way. I, I will choose. Isn't it interesting? The letter I is in the middle of the word sin, S-I-N, rejecting the supreme law of love. I will choose, God, what is right, what is wrong. I will choose whom I love. I will choose whatever the way that I want to live. That's the essence of sin. When we talk about sin, many people think about a violation or trespassing of something, like rules and regulations. Yeah, it is right, but that's that's not the heart of sin. Heart of sin is basically this, I Me, I choose to be my own God. That is the heart of sin. That's what happened in Genesis chapter 3 in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve decided to take the fruit, though God clearly said, do not. Adam and Eve said, I will choose And I will become the measure of all things. And I will measure things in my own way. Isn't that true? All of us, we live like that still. You have a problem. We don't live according to our own desire. We live by Christ, his word, his desire. Why? Because he is God. We are created to love God and honor God. When we decide to reject that notion of life, that part of life, what will happen? You are literally being full. You are, you are displacing yourself out of your own identity as a creature. And you want to be your own God. And problem comes. That's heart of sin. That's why Matthew chapter 22, 37 through 40, Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. By the way, he was quoting the Deuteronomy passage from Deuteronomy. This is the first and greatest commandment. So we are commanded, first greatest commandment. We are here in this world. Why? So we are created by God's love so that we can love the Lord your God with all your heart. That is the first and the greatest commandment. That is the very purpose of our lives, purpose of us being here in this world. So if we do not love God, rather we do love other things, you are not living according to your very purpose of being here today. That's why the gospel message is important to all of us. It says, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself, and all the law and the prophets hang on to these two commitments. Through sin, men rewrote the love law of, law of love. That's why our love cannot be fulfilled anymore. Guess what? Our love turned into lust. We turned into self-love. We love ourselves and we love our desires. And everything is governed by our own desire, and we live by the lust. So love, the pure love that God has given to us in, in our, in, through from His love, to be to us, to, to usly freely exercise, now turn into chains of lust and sin. That's why, as Christians, we still struggle with the issue of love. That's the problem, isn't it? Our love has been destroyed. So, all you can talk about is, oh, I love this person, I love this, and I love that, and I love that. And we just don't understand clearly what love is anymore without God. Now, only God can restore and redeem our love once again. And how did God do it? As we all know, by showing us what love is through this person, the person of Christ, the person of Jesus. If you look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. How do we know God loves us and God loves people? Well, one thing that I know for sure, look at the cross. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that amazing how God chose to come to love? God did not just create us and watch us from a distance, but he is a personal and reaches down to us, and he became one of us. I was having a fellowship with one of my brother in Christ. As in the cafe, and we're just talking about the you know, God, revelation. We're also talking about the creation, and we're talking about the universe and how great it is. By the way, he really likes to discuss about these things, and we were just enjoying talking about it. But, you know, one of the th- points that I was making was this. I think out of all the miracles that we can experience, I think the incarnation is something mystery to me. We said the resurrection is a mystery. But if you truly believe that God is omnipotent, I'm sure He can raise dead like this. But one thing that I still cannot get, my brothers and sisters, is the incarnation. Why did God become a man? I mean, why? He became a creature like us, He became a man. That's a mystery. And we can, all we can say is, because he loves us, he loves us, and he, out of his love, he became one of us. I mean, just think about the, the universe in itself. We are trapped in his time and space and matter. We are just nothing, like not even a speck compared to this vastness of the universe. We don't exist, by the way. In terms of the understanding, the greatness of the universe. Yet, God says, more than the whole universe, one soul is important to me. And he, become, he became a man. Incarnation, I believe. That is, to me, is a still the greatest mystery. Because resurrection, God can do whatever he wants. He's a creator. But God, the creator, becoming a creature... He surely loves us more than we think, more than we can fathom. Again, only in Christian truth, God came near to us, Jesus. That's why Jesus we should be crazy about. Jesus we should study. Jesus we should pray. Jesus we should become like. Jesus is the one person that we need to strive to become like. Jesus is the only one person that we should worship. And honor, and serve. God became a man. Out of love, he created us to be free to love. And out of love, he redeemed us to be free to love. That is the truth of love, my brothers and sisters, according to the Bible. And if you complain, that God does not love us? Read the Bible again. Repent. Look at the cross. Look at Christ. Look at Jesus. Second point that I want to make is the way of love. Jesus say, I'm the way. Maybe we need to look at his, his life and see how to love the way of love. As Christ redeemed our love, only through Christ we can truly love. As Christ said, I am the way, he is the only one who demonstrated what true love is and who can teach us how to love truthfully. That is why 1 John chapter 4, verse 4, 19 says, We are able to love, or we love, because he first loved us. Without receiving, experiencing this true love of God, first We cannot love right. I don't care what you say. Your love is not complete. It's still limited. I'm not saying non-Christians cannot love. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is your love is limited. It's not perfect. Unless we are redeemed, our love is limited, incomplete. We need Christ to make, even redeem our love way we love, that is why he's the way, we follow his way of love, then we'll be able to redeem our tainted love, imperfect love. Jesus came to demonstrate what true love is as well as teach us how to operate and live in that true love in reality. That's what it is. Jesus was not just here to show you the true love. He came to teach us how to operate in it, how to live in true love, in our reality, in a real sense, in your daily life, how you love your spouse and your family members, how you love your neighbors, how you love even your enemy. Jesus is teaching us. Just like Christ died for his own enemy, us. Sinners, we, Jesus said, we are to also love your enemies. What? Yeah. Isn't it incredible? The Christian, Christian faith in Christ is not just some abstract idea or ideal. It's not just philosophy. It's not just ideology, my brothers and sisters. It's life in itself. We live out Christ. In your daily life, every day, in your reality, we are supposed to be taught by Christ to love. Through the loving relationship with Christ, we can learn and operate in true love in our reality. Without you loving Christ every day, I bet you it will be very difficult for you to love truly your surrounding peers, people people that's why first john chapter 2 5 says if anyone obeys his word the christ's word and love for god is truly made complete in him this is how we know we are in him if we obey we express our love by obeying his word he teaches us every day how to love how to live in love 1st John chapter 5 verse 2 to 4 he says this is how we know that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commands interesting isn't it in fact this is a love for God if you want to love him to keep his commands reach 1st John today that long book it's a full of truth he says in fact this is love for God to keep his commands And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Isn't it so powerfully written? You want to love God? You trust God and obey his word. And as you obey your word, guess what? You'll be able to live like Christ, loving others. What does Christ Teach us, he said, love God, obey my command. What's the words, of, the words of God? What's the basic foundation of the law of God? Love others as yourself. Forgive one another. Take care of one another. Bear with one another. Worship together as one body of Christ. Live your life in victory. Fight against your sin, your selfishness, your desire, your sinful desire. Continue to move forward as God's people. Loving God. If you love God and keep his commandment, guess what? You are naturally will love others. We don't need the Valentine's Day to remind ourselves to be romantic to our our wives or our husbands. We will just be love. We will just love because we love God. Amen? My brothers and sisters, one last note I leave with you. The power comes from simple obedience. If we truly obey God, we will know how to love. And the the Spirit of God will empower us to do something amazing beyond our ability. We will actually love others. Now, lastly but not least, Let's go into the life of love. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. What's the life of love in Christ? Love itself becomes our life. Our life is about the love of God. We are redeemed from sin and death. Now we are free to love. Now we have a freedom in Christ Jesus, my brothers and sisters. That means our life is really about love of God. Think about it. Out of love... God has given us life from the beginning. Out of love, God has redeemed and restored our life through Christ. Right? Out of love, God has given us the life of love in Christ. It's all about Christ, isn't it, at the end? Now, as we receive God's love through Christ, we live the life of love, loving God and loving others. Now, it makes sense when Jesus said, the greatest commandment is to love, you, love your God. And the second is this, love your neighbor. And the new one that I will give you before I go, love one another as a body of Christ. Love one another as, as, as I loved you. You see, that makes sense now. Our life itself becomes the channel of God's love. Our life is about loving God and loving others. It's just, our life becomes love. It's about His love. John 4, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has has been born of God and knows God. Dear friends, my brothers and sisters, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, and he has given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. We're not talking about just kinship, biological kinship. We're talking about the spiritual family. The brothers and sisters in Christ. In Christ, love itself becomes our life. Out of love. We live out His love. Because we have received His love. Your life becomes the channel of God's love. What a powerful point, isn't it? It is my prayer we will live a life of love in Christ. We should be reminded today. We should be convicted today. We should be charged up today. We should be renewed today in our mind, in our spirit, so that we will be able to love God and love others. Again, the way, the life of love, is ours in Christ Jesus. It is my prayer, my brothers and sisters, especially this week, to not just celebrate the Valentine's Day as other people do, other cultures teach us to do. No, let us celebrate his love. And as we celebrate his love, let us extend our love, expand our love to embrace others as well that we need to do as God's people. Amen? God is love. Thus we become His love. We live out His love. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. We are to understand the truth of love. Follow the way of love. And live the life of love. Let's pray.